When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Once again, for another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast, you get a chance, check out all of our great shows, including the Pop Culture Cosmos, the Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and also Game Source. We truly appreciate you listening to all of our great shows out there. And in fact, if you can, please give us that five-star review on all of our shows. It helps us out so tremendously. Like, support our shows, plus all the guests that I have on, if you could support those programs as well, it is truly appreciated, including my guests, one of our regulars, and I'm going to give you a little bit of insight what happened earlier this week. In fact, we were going to go on on a certain day, we finished a conversation, and I asked him if he could go on. He said, hold up, Gerald, wait just a day, wait a day, and so much more news I bet will come on out. And you know what? I think I'm going to bring him over here to Las Vegas and start betting on some stuff because he's got some insight. He <laughs> called it, and he called it right. It is my good friend indeed from NBA Draft Junkies. you got to check out what he and his entire staff of great people are doing today at NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube and NBA Draft Junkies on Anchor, going to Apple Podcasts, going to Spotify, and of course his great site, NBADraftJunkies.com. Is my good friend Anna. I'm gonna to have to call you a savant. Indeed, <laughs> it is Rafael Barlow. And first off, man, you called it. You called it, man. I I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't know that it would be like this, but I just, I just knew like you know yesterday was the first day everybody got to the bubble, so I figured that there was going to be some type of news, whether it's somebody complaining about their food or their room, but I wasn't expecting a, a Woj bomb. Yeah, a Woj bomb of a little different kind. And we'll talk about that here in a second. Or actually, tell you what, do you want to get through the salacious part first or do you want to go through the fun stuff first? You tell me. Fun stuff. Fun stuff first. Okay, so the fun stuff we're going to start off with, my friend, is obviously that the teams are now on Orlando. And in the age of social media, you and I get to see what some of the conditions are like in Orlando, in the bubble, and most prominently the hotels when it concerns the food, the living conditions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, my da- one of my daughters, my oldest daughter, 14 years old, she is a Disney aficionado, and she said, Dad, they're going to a great place. All the three locations that they're at, they're just, their stay is going to be great. Well... I don't know if you could say that it's, it's great. Uh, for a lot of us that go down, and when I go down to Orlando, the conditions from what I see are, are pretty good. You know, when I go down to Orlando, I get a, a commensurate hotel, something that looks like that. I have no problem. Now, these guys, as I was talking to my great guest, Melvin Washington III, just recently, that these guys are used to a higher class of 
of hotels, the five star, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But when they go there, from the food to the living conditions, it's not quite exactly what they thought it would be. I don't know if it's not what they thought. I mean, I, they couldn't have expected the Rich Carlton. <laughs> so I think they were. Or some of them were. I think some were. I mean, Patrick Beverly said the bubble is what you make it. So maybe his expectations were low. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't expecting the five star or I mean, I'm sorry, the Rich Carlton or the Four Seasons. And so I'm not shocked, but now I was shocked at some of the, the pictures of the food that I saw. Yeah, because depending on where you added the, the steak and shrimp, uh, I heard that has been lauded all over the internet as being a, not the best looking steak and shrimp from what I saw. Uh, the reporters there, they're talking about the, the, the five different choices of food that they're getting, regardless of whether they eat it or not, every single morning for breakfast some of the plates that I've seen that have been passed down on pictures and social media. Yeah. Not so great. I mean, Melvin Washington, I want to refer to him and give him a big shout out. Melvin Washington third. He said it was cafeteria food. And you know, I cannot say otherwise because it looks in some cases like it's the stuff you and I would get at the local cafeteria. Yeah. It did look like cafeteria food. We're just gonna have fun with this one, this part, because then you go there and you see what dead roaches already. <laughs> I did. Who, who was that? Uh, Tyus Jones. I I, I, either the, I I thought it was somebody on the the Grizzlies. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah, I think uh, it was Jones that posted that. Yeah, that was that was uh, nice. And of course, when the Lakers got there with Rajon Rondo comparing it to the Motel Six. <laughs> and of course, on top of all that, J.R. Smith, he went off on social media in regards to a blanket that the NBA provided him. I missed that part. Oh yeah, I, I missed that. That was. I, I did see where he was in the middle of his life, and he and he saw the the phone go pause, and he said, "I got to get off." <laughs> <laughs> and and like. It's like, come on, Jr. You just got back in. Like you, you've been out almost two years. You're the last, other than Beasley. You're the last person that needs to be on live complaining about whatever. And so sometimes the jokes just write themselves. They do, they do, my friend. But you know that's how it is. Life in the NBA, I guess. But. It is life in the NBA bubble, and it is very interesting to see over the course of the next few days, just the social media to see the conditions that they're living in. Like I said, for me, you know, when I take my family there, it's going to be something commensurate to what I'm seeing there. So to me, I don't mm-hmm. see it as much of an issue because we work hard for a living. We, we do our best to go ahead and provide our kids a great vacation, but we can only afford at so high of a level. And right. that's that's you know, pretty much what I see there is something that I'm familiar with. But when it comes to these guys and what they're used to, again, they're used to the Ritz-Carltons, they're used to the upper echelon of hotels. They're seeing this as a step down in some cases. And that's unfortunate because, uh, you know, also if they do too much of it, social media will go ahead and have a backlash on them and say, you know what, we don't feel sorry for you at all. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, you're exactly right. Simply because 
they're going to feed into the stereotype that they are spoiled, rotten athletes, which in a lot of cases they are just because they're used to traveling, you know, private, the best planes, they stay in the best hotels. But then also there are, I say, was it 40 to 50% of the players have been in the G League at one time or another? So if they've been in the G League, they understand like where they're standing now is is definitely better than the hotels that they would stay in in the G League. And then as far as like the guys that have played overseas, like Patrick Beverly, for example, <laughs> he he knows that that uh, where they're staying now is is still better than some of the accommodations that he's probably had when he played in Russia and and even in Greece. So. I think his attitude, at least out of all the players that has said something, he definitely has the best attitude. But then again, he is the guy that trains on the beach in Timberland boots. (laughs) 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 Kind of says it all right there for you, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't seem hard to please. No, no. But again, I wish he was on the Lakers, but, you know, he, he... He walks to a, the beat of a different drummer, when it seems to me. Uh, and I think that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. In this case, I think it's a good thing. I think he's looking at it the right way. And I, I would like a lot of the other players as well. Because like, like I said, it's going to be a backlash if they continue to bemoan those type of conditions. Because it's something that a lot of people on not so multi-million dollar contracts, that they would go ahead and deal with and what they would find acceptable during the course of a vacation and an extended stay in one of these Orlando hotels. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, also I tried to look at it from both sides. So I definitely see the side of the fan that says, you know, you guys make a lot of money. You guys are spoiled. But then I also try to put myself in their shoes and they live in luxury apartments, luxury condos, I mean, the Lakers stars are living in twenty thirty dollar mansions. So, being, you know, if you're accustomed to that lifestyle, and then now you're in what looks like the quote unquote Motel Six, <laughs> that that could be an adjustment. It could be an adjustment, but I'm hoping that the players will do that. And and this is something both on social media. And also, of course, on the the big screen, also on television out there in front of a worldwide audience, the image and the the messages that you need to go ahead and send, and it's not just about the hotels. You want to go ahead as a league, as a as a player communion, to go ahead and say, hey, you know what, we're going to go ahead and make the best of this, and we're going to go ahead and be there not only to go ahead and finish our season and and try and crown a champion, but to also make a major statement for the you know for for racial equality for social justice for all the things that that need to be said and done during the course of their time down there in the bubble i agree 100 percent. it's i mean it's basketball but it's also in this case probably bigger than basketball it is it is and i'm hoping that that message will come across this is rafael from nbadraftjunkies.com And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where 
here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. And once again, I'm speaking to Raphael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. you got to check out what he's doing today at NBADraftJunkies.com. His awesome YouTube page, NBA Draft Junkies, and also his awesome podcast, which you got to go ahead and check out today on all major podcast formats. And it's called, of course, NBA Draft Junkies. And that is, well, let's put it this way. Um, one of the, I, I, I'm the Missouri Senator, I'm going to bring this up right now on Yahoo for our fans that are watching on Facebook Live and our listeners and watchers, just to let you know. Missouri Senator Josh Hawley, he questioned the NBA's motives in regards to China, plus also uh, talking about the the statements that are there in regards to what can and cannot be said during the course of their bubble situation, as far as what should be on the, the jerseys, what would they like on the jerseys? And you and I have spoken about this before on past episodes of Lakers Fast Break. Well, in response to this, because Senator Hawley sent it out, I guess, as a letter to NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, and he was asking why that there's not more an allowance of things like support our troops and back the blue on their jerseys in 2020 and he like again he he questioned the league's relationship with china a very it's it's a conservative way to look at it he's, he's a conservative center and sounded and came off like like uh, as far as a conservative center would with those statements and, and a lot of people are on both sides of the fence on that and a lot of people are want to see that a lot of people don't but in response to it well and as you're seeing now on the screen Adrian Wojnarowski, who as a reporter should be reporting on this, but not really trying to interject himself into this. That's when I think you're overstepping the bounds. At least that's what I was taught in, you know, in journalism school. He Mm -hmm. did reach out to Senator Josh Hawley. And despite whether you agree or not to to agree with, with the statements like support our troops and back the blue on the jerseys similar to what we will be seeing as far as for the black lives matter movement and also anything regarding to social justice and racial equality that will be represented there during their time on there wojanowski's response was basically to say quote unquote f you uh with the full profane word in there so i want to hear your thoughts on that and most importantly because this could and will be blowing up big time except for on ESPN, which is actually not reporting it outside of what Wojnarowski has apologized for on Twitter. So I want to hear your thoughts on this and where do you think it will go from here? Because for Adrian Wojnarowski, who is the major NBA insider, this can't go well. This is a tough one because, like I said with the players, as far as their accommodations, I try to see both sides 
both trains of thought and both sides of the fence. And so from what the senator said, coming from his point of view, it, it does make some sense that and, he and, wants, and if that's his opinion, that's his opinion. That's his opinion, yeah. Um but I, I think that he should have known that expressing his opinion at about that at this particular time is definitely going to draw some opposition, which it did, and which is why Woj, which I'm shocked that Woj even, like you said, interjected himself. I'm shocked that he left a paper trail, like in an email. He said what he said. He didn't like give an explanation of why. I mean, it was just pretty much F you. And Senator Holly actually made a screenshot of it to make sure that everybody knows that it came straight from Adrian Wojnarowski. Yeah, you can anybody can email Woj now. I know his email address. It was it, it was a bad definitely a bad look for for Woj. I'm curious to see what ESPN does. I've seen someone say they probably should suspend him until at least the start of of the um to the start of the game, so I guess for like three weeks. But I didn't realize that they hadn't reported it yet. Like I saw the email, I saw what Woj's apology, and of course, you know, if it's on Twitter, then you'll you'll see all the details. But I haven't been on ESPN.com in the last few hours, and I didn't realize that they have not reported it. So uh, that's why I'm curious to see what what their next step is. Because I'm going to look right now. I looked before we went on the air, and I looked, and I did not see it as one of the major headlines. And I still don't see it as one of the major headlines. And I'm scrolling through right now for our viewers, and I do not see it. This is not unlike ESPN. And that, that's her choice not to report it, not to report it. But everybody outside of the ESPN's family and the ESPN zone is sure as heck jumping on it. And that's something that we've seen before from ESPN. When there's a scandal within ESPN, everybody else is going to report it. Yeah, I think if it was Shams, it would be on ESPN right now. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And somewhere, <laughs> yeah, it does. You know, wherever he's at, Shams is just salivating at this because he's considered the second or close to second. He's actually was the you know the the student, and Wojnarowski was the teacher while the two were together. I believe for Yahoo Sports, and now yeah. And now Shams, who works, uh, you know, at a different location at the Athletic, if I'm not mistaken, and he will now be the, maybe possibly even the, uh, put him at the forefront of the insider, very competitive NBA inside knowledge and inside pipeline. And uh, but with Wojnarowski, I understand his feelings and his frustrations in regard to it. You know, whether or not you're liberal or conservative, whether or not you're on one side of the fence or the other, that's up to you. That's how you decide. That's how you decide. But, you know, and I know that a lot of players will probably back Wojnarowski on this. But again, like I said, it comes to the point where this is a thing that as a reporter, as a journalist, you're really not supposed to step over those bounds. And unless you're going on a show and you're talking for all intents and purposes, a talking head, like we see with Stephen A. Smith and, you're on your mm-hmm. shows, and you can say that in a more family-friendly type of way. But doing this directly at a senator that, that posted this, that's, to me as a journalist, that might have not been the best call. <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah. I, I it, it definitely wasn't something that was well thought of. And he wasn't even on the email, right? He just emailed the, the guy directly? Yes. I mean, that's... 
it's it's so unprofessional to email someone directly and all you send them is f you i mean you don't even really do that to like an enemy so i'm shocked that he did it um but on the flip side of it he may have gained some respect from some of the players because it looks like he is um he supports their cause and he supports um you know how the players feel and, and that's I'm sure good to that... me and that that to me I, I i really truly appreciate it but it's the way you go about it sometimes that doesn't always exactly you know help everything that that's going on and but you know it could actually work in his favor I because hope so. i hope so well i was always under under the impression and this is just my opinion and i i know shams uh, I, I've, I've met Woj once, but I've always was under the impression that Woj gets his information from the front offices. Shams gets his information from the players. So there's a little divide between them. So I always felt like if a player had something that he wanted to say or break, he's going to go to Shams before he would go to Woj. And because even like, even when I listen to like the Woj pod, he doesn't have a lot of players on there anymore, but Shams has always been able to get the face-to-face interviews from, you know, um, I remember he had one with like Anthony Davis. He had one with Kobe Shaq. So I think Shams has a stronger relationship with the players, but it could be just because he's younger. And, and I mean, I've seen Shams in action in Vegas at summer league. He's, he's always had like a really good working relationship with the players. And I said all that to say this, with some guys feeling like, okay, Woj is, he's, he's, he's down with us. He sees that what's going on, this may have helped him, you know, just kind of, I'm not saying he had a, any type of negative relationship with the players. I'm not saying that at all, but this definitely probably helps him with the players as far as them seeing that, okay, he gets it. He totally understands what, how we feel and, and what we're, looking to to show with uh you know when we come back from the when we start the bubble tournament ESPN may be upset (laughs) yeah yeah, ESPN behind the scenes you know they're upset like I said they're not even reporting when they don't report something Mm -hmm. you know that's an issue yeah but uh I agree with you I hope it does help his relationship with the players and and I hope he wasn't doing it just for that scenario. I don't see. Yeah. I think he just, it was out of frustration, but again, yeah. I, I was hoping he would go ahead and do it in a manner, maybe just, you know, as far as a commentary on one of the sports centers and doing it in a more family friendly way, but to reach out like this, uh, you know, that, that, that walks that fine line as a journalist, you may not want to walk and, mm-hmm. and doing it directly in such a fashion. I thought, like I said, it was just something in the heat of moment that, you know, every person does if they disagree with something every once in a while that we all, as he put on his Twitter, he's already made a statement, the standard, I regret my actions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he's already done that. And that's, that's great. But again, uh, I'm hoping for him to go ahead and keep his job because he is one of the most knowledgeable individuals on the sport. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping this won't cost him that you and I have seen similar things in this, in the past, that have caused people their jobs at, in this in these high profile type scenarios. Do you see it costing this job? 
No, I don't I don't see a cost in his job. Now, I will say this, and this is just my Rafael Barlow opinion. I mean, the apology, I get it. That was the proper thing to do. But are you really sorry? Like, if I send you an email and I type F you, <laughs> first of all, I had to get your name. Then I have to type that out. And then I hit send. What did I expect to happen? Like, so... In 2020, what? that's what you should expect to happen. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, but this is this is always kind of how I felt about things. Like, sorry is such a cliche thing to do, but I mean, I, I think he totally knew what he was doing when he did it. I mean, like I like I think like me, if I were to get on my computer and type that to somebody, I know that. It's so easy for someone to screenshot that and someone to say, well, look, this is what he sent me. And now I, I look bad. So <laughs> like the apology to me was just kind of like, I mean, yeah, that was the cliche thing to say. I mean, I guess you can't just not apologize because then you probably look even worse. But I feel like 100 percent he knew exactly what he was doing. And if the roles are reversed, if a senator sent that to him based off of something that he said, he would definitely, you know, probably screenshot it and, and explain what's going on and what happened. And it would get that senator under a lot of heat, under a lot of pressure to apologize. So he knew what he was doing. <laughs> so, But as far as him being fired and losing his job, I don't know. I, I mean, ESPN is paying Woj a lot of money. And ESPN is very competitive when it comes to, you know, ratings or breaking news. I, I really understood how competitive the Shams and Woj rivalry was during the draft. What was it, 18? Every year, my friend, I look at it. I look at the competition between the two on Twitter just to see who gets it first. And you see the Twitter comments as far as if one gets it like 10 seconds after the other one. People are on either one of them. There's so much pressure on either one of them to get that mm -hmm. story first. Well, remember during the draft, I think it was 2018, I guess the NBA told them stop like tipping off the picks before they actually happened. And so I felt like Shams was playing by the rules. Woj was so slick. And, I, and I'll never forget, he says, the Blazers are lasering in on... Nazir Little. He was so crafty and creative with his words to where he, you know, he played the fine line to where he wasn't necessarily tipping them off, but he was. And so even with the draft being on ESPN and the and and the NBA's relationship with ESPN, he wanted to win so bad that he just found like a little loophole in the system to have a competitive edge. And I know, I feel like ESPN promotes that. And so firing him, they lose. I mean, unless they hire Shams or decide to bring in maybe like somebody like Chris Haynes from Yahoo, I don't think they'd be willing to give up that competitive edge as far as breaking news. And again, I hope this won't cost him his, his position with the company. He is such an outstanding reporter. And whether or not you're on the right or left on this situation and whether, you know, how, regardless of what you feel as far as what's going on, you know, I, it just 
to go ahead and and outright cut somebody because of this. I hope it's not done. I certainly hope it's not done. But I also certainly hope you don't send me any, uh, you know, profane. <laughs> I, I don't even cuss in my normal everyday vocabulary, so I definitely won't be typing it and hitting send. Like, I don't know. I just, like I said, you know what's going to happen once you do that. You yeah. know it. Absolutely. Especially someone with a platform like a senator. Absolutely, indeed. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey everyone, it's Gerald from the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Just want to give you a heads up on what's coming up over the next couple weeks right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. A ton of great guests, so please, if you don't follow us yet or subscribe, please do so wherever you get your podcast because there's a great lineup of guests I have coming along the way. Of course, we're going to have Rafael Barlow from the NBA Draft Junkies, always on our show. Tom Wong from Lakerholics.net, also regular, and cannot thank both of them enough for being on our show. But we're going to have a lineup of guests for you if you haven't seen already on our Facebook page. We've got a lot of great guests on the way. Check it out. NBA odds maker Rafael Esparza from Las Vegas. Got Melvin Washington III, also from Las Vegas. He's got a great show that happens every Friday on the Talk to Me Sports Radio Network on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Got Craig James coming up from the Final Score podcast on the Podcast City Network. Corey Harrison's also going to be on the show coming up from the Out of Bounds Sports podcast. Got Matt Moderno from the Believe in Wizards podcast. Eric Sklar from KFI AM 640 and the TSK Show podcast. He's scheduled to come on the show as well. Got Big Baby Jonathan Soffel from the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast. Got to check out his awesome show. He's coming up on the program here coming up in the very near future. Michael from the RTF Sports Network. Got to check out his awesome sports network that we are a part of each and every week right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Got to check out Michael's great stuff that he's doing there. Chris Jose LeBron, the Off the Ball podcast host, he's going to stop by the program. JB Ellis from the Program Podcast, he's also going to come by, share his thoughts on the NBA scene. Cole Johnson from Cole Sports, Snowman Digital Media, and the Get Over Divorce Programs, he's going to come by on the show. And Fago White Franklin III from Fox Sports 1340 AM, Hopewell. He's going to come on and share his NBA thoughts as well. I'm looking forward to it. It's a great lineup of guests. I've recorded some already. I've got many more on the way. And, of course, that doesn't even include our NBA mock draft that's also coming right here, number 2.0, with a ton of great draft insiders that's also coming up. All these great shows, you can check it out right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Once again, I'm talking to Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. you got to check out what he's doing today at NBADraftJunkies.com, his YouTube page, NBA Draft Junkies, and, of course, his podcast, NBA Draft Junkies, wherever you get your podcasts. But before we head on out, my friend, please give everyone an update on what you're doing at your awesome experience known as NBA Draft Junkies. I like how you call it an experience. When I think of an experience, I think of – Disney World or like, uh, you know, you sign on to the site, there's going to be some 3D. <laughs> well, that's experience. your next step. That's your next step. 
uh, I, I, uh, I'll claim it. I'll, I'll accept that. I'll, I'll accept it as a as an experience. Maybe I can have a a situation where you can play 2020 or not 2020, but you can play potential draft picks one on one in 3D like they have at All Star Weekend. So I'll I'll, I'll speak that into existence. Fair NBA enough. draft junkies will be an experience. But, what but you- as far as the site, um, I have an interview dropping with. Uh, I keep, I want to say his name correctly, Eve Ponce. Uh, that will be on the site for sure once this episode is published. And then I have my list with the uh, the top 10 small forwards with Joe Gomez. So those two will be on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast at, and YouTube by the time this one airs. And then uh, should we tell them about the surprise for that we have coming up? Absolutely, my friend. So coming up in the very near future, we're going to have right now it's I believe eight people. It's an eight eight man mock draft. I believe so. And, and it will be live on YouTube. It'll be the first time we we're actually doing it live. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, it's um me, my brother, and then we have a, a couple other guys from different draft sites. So this should be fun and and competitive and and it's live. So there will be no editing and and people will be able to comment. So I'm curious to see how that goes. You know, I'm sure that the Knicks fans are not going to be happy with whoever <laughs> the Knicks select unless they get the number one pick. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a, a good opportunity to just interact with my subscribers and then um, just the the different subscribers and followers that each each person has and that they'll bring to the table. So I'm sure some of the Lakers fast break subscribers will be interested to to see what goes on. We have to figure out a way to make sure that you get the Lakers pick. It would it would be wrong for you to have the Bucks pick. <laughs> well Stonehands is a great Lakers fan too, so if he gets it that's not too bad at all. Yeah, but yours is the Lakers fast break, so it, it's only right that that you get the Lakers pick. Fair enough, my friend. Well, hopefully that will happen, and I'm looking forward to going ahead and being part of the Mock Draft 2.0. You can check out our first initial thoughts as a group on the Lakers fast break channel. One of these days, I got to send you the MP4 so you can upload it for for yours, so you can have your, your viewers watch it as well on the YouTube channel. But for okay. a tremendous experience on the NBA Draft. Go ahead and check out his awesome experience today at NBA Draft Junkies. My friend, it's been great talking to you once again. As always, I'm going to talk to you here soon for our mock draft. And of course, next week, I got to have you on again (laughs) with more hotel horror stories coming up from the bubble. I cannot wait. Yeah, you never know. Something may break tomorrow or Sunday. So if we have to do an emergency podcast, I'll, I'll be available. Sounds good, my friend. All the best to you. And again, just truly appreciate everything you do for us right here at Pop Culture Cosmos. And of course, right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.